I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Charlie Keegan. I'm Paul Thorpe. And this is the Christmas Eve special of the Progress of Unity podcast. Charlie, I thought you said this was the Nightwear Before Christmas special. I did. It was a shocker. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about here. We're talking about itself, a trip to the Medeski Stadium. It was awful. But having said that, I thought that first 10 minutes, I know the game's played over 90, but the first 10 minutes, I thought, hey, up, here we go. Yeah, we started exactly how I thought we were going to and how I wanted us to. And, and Reading looked far more nervous than I thought they were going to be. I think that... The centre back pairing with with Button at the back in in goal, the amount of times every time he got on the ball, they were tripping over each other. They looked shaky. He didn't quite know what to do distribution wise. And then I thought, okay, we need to keep capitalising on this. And the biggest chance, obviously, was the the Jordan Jones crossing that White got on the end of, and it just bounced off Button's shoulder. But then he went down and got injured. So there's a lot of break in the play, and I think that killed our momentum slightly. And then Sam Tickle obviously ended up getting injured about five minutes later, and. We never came back from that. And I think that just set our tone for the game. It was just downbeat, lacklustre and boring. If I'm honest, as a Wigan fan, it was boring to watch that game. There were five changes to the team that started at Port Vale. I think the biggest one for me was losing use out of it. He weren't even on the bench. He's about of illness. I understand there's quite a bit of illness gone through the camp. And I know COVID's rife at the moment in, in the town, so whether they pick COVID up, I'm not too sure. Plus injuries, and the squad did look a little bit decimated. And that starting lineup, I, I saw a few people on, on the old social media complaining about the five at the back. Oh, no, he's playing five at the back again. But for me, with one recognised defender in, in that team, I, and that was Morrison. I know people say, you know, Claude and Sessing on the defenders, but the more a, a wing-back type come midfield player. So for me, there was only one out-and-out defender there. And you couldn't say, McHugh's not a right-back. McHugh, Harry McHugh is a great prospect for the midfield role, more attacking midfield. Obviously, Jordan Jones is uh, a winger who's been converted this season. We're not bare bones, are we? But you look at the players that are injured, there's plenty of them. We're playing with the bare bones almost and then if you've had injury sorry illness go through the camp you've kind of got all the ingredients there for a poor performance and i know it's kind of not excusable but you've got to give them a break haven't you and we're doing reasonably well and as people said at the start of the season we expected to finish mid-table when you expect to finish mid-table you're going to lose games here and there and you're going to lose games that you perhaps don't expect to lose because if you didn't lose the ones you didn't expect to lose you'd be at the top of the table it was shocking I mean, I'll say what it was yeah. today. It was absolutely shocking. Trying to pick any sort of good performances out of it. Scotty Smith put a bag full of effort in. Lange put a lot of effort in, but it didn't do as well. Difficult to pick any any others out. Liam Morrison, perhaps. Shaw made a bit of a nuisance of himself. For me, he, he didn't have a really good game yesterday. I know some people picked him up on the oh, Man of the Match hall. Some people voted for Sure, but I didn't think he played particularly well yesterday. He put some effort in, but he didn't play particularly well for me. There were some stinking performances. I mean, do we name them? thought Johnny Smith was shocking. Charlie White, for me, yesterday, looked again like he did a, a couple of weeks back when he put the game away at Tramia, if you remember that. For me, we were very similar to that. Cal Muck was getting frustrated again, and he didn't have tech some wax as well from uh, the right back. Yeah, I was a little frustrated by the... Well, I don't want to ever complain really about referees when we lose and I don't want to pin poor performances on referees, but I think that it was 
really frustrating just watching how many times the fullback was making fouls and how many times then he was being spoken to and still was never getting booked. But then some of our players, just a little trip, getting in, getting themselves in the book and you're thinking, well, how is that really fair? How, how can he be spoken to three times? But then our player makes a trip and, and gets booked. But no, I think it's, well, I don't like calling players out for poor performances, but I think that yesterday wasn't so much a poor performance. It was a complete lack of effort. It's not like they tried and they just couldn't make things stick. It was, a lot of them were just walking about. And I think your players like, Charlie Wyke and Josh McGuinness should actually be quite thankful that Josh Stones has gone out on loan and he isn't there to push them for position because if Josh Stones was in that squad yesterday, Wyke's coming off probably before half time or if not at half time, and Josh Stones is going on and showing him up in that second half and actually putting in the effort. And I actually think we could have got something out of that game. So he was really frustrating yesterday, but I think a special mention does need to go to Liam Morrison. Really, really tried and obviously his partnership is best with Charlie Hughes. Charlie Hughes is a dictator in the way that we play. When we don't have him, it's obviously very, very noticeable, but huge block for Femi Aziz when he got through in the in the first half and that, that attempt. Morrison came across really well, but really good in the air. But yeah, Femi Aziz's goal was very good but that came from white losing the ball falling over under minimal contact up top and sessignon just watched him breeze past and then all of a sudden the ball's in the net excuse me i feel depressed again i've just got over all that <laughs> merry just... christmas merry christmas brought it all flowing, yeah, right? I, I, I think with effort you don't know how much effort people are making just to turn out there especially if there's been illness floating around during the week we all have days when we absolutely feel a bit rough and can't be asked going to work it's going to be the same for these on a human level but we expect them to turn up and give 100%, absolutely. I'm still in the, not excuse them, but I'm not ready to go bananas yet. I mean, I, like you said, there's been a bit of meltdown on Twitter that's completely uncalled for at this stage. But you can understand, you know, if you've if you've travelled down there to watch it and they've been rubbish, you, you understand that frustration as well. You've got to be able to call them out when they play shocking, which is what they did yesterday. We've had two games on the top now, Port Vale and Reading, and they've both been awful. But I'm still, in the context of the season, I'm still absolutely delighted. You know, we've got a club, we've got young lads coming through, we're trying to play football, uh, we've got some exciting prospects within the team and the squad, you know, the majority of whom were missing yesterday. And I think that's a, quite an important factor as to the way we've played, especially yesterday and, and looking back to Port Vale as well. So the context over the course of the season is, yeah, still very happy. People are talking about Sean Maloney, and he shouldn't even be thinking it in your mind, never mind talking about him. There's no way should he be made the scapegoat for what's going on at the moment. We're in a bit of a, a, a bad patch and reading away. <laughs> We've had them games before, you know, playing down there where we come away with nothing and looked woeful and yesterday was just another one of those. I mean, the team, I read the team out. Tittle, McEuchler, Morrison, Sessignon, Scotty Smith, Shaw, Jones, McManaman, and Langan White. The subs were... Johnny Smith from McManaman on 60 minutes. Did nothing when he came on. Season one for his four, Scotty Smith and McHugh. When those two subs came on, I thought, hey, up, what sort of formation are we going with here? Taken off two midfielders and brought on two strikers. Very interesting for me, the bench who we didn't use. Amos, not so interesting. Adiko, bags of energy, as we know, he stayed on the bench. McGuinness, Paul's favourite player. But also, Kel Watts. The only left-footed player within the squad, and he didn't get on the pitch yesterday. So that I don't know if that tells us that perhaps Kel Watts weren't hundred percent. Bookings, Claire, Umphrey, McManaman, Langham, White. Right, man of the match is voted for by our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter. 
Lassix number 21, Scotty Smith. I think the thing to watch is Scotty Smith, and we'll probably see it more towards the back end of this season or, or next season, is that final ball will get a lot better. And just look how many times yesterday he picked the ball up, turned, and was looking for the wingers or the forward, and he was pinging it, and it just wasn't quite making it. Once he figures that out, that's going to be such a huge asset for us. It's going to be like having a Charlie Hughes in the midfield with Scott Smith because his vision, I think, is incredible. And Pete says it quite a lot, how he just plays the ball just in front of the player. So when they're running, they run onto it. It's, they're not really having to do much thinking. And, and Scotty Smith's got that. And yeah, yesterday wasn't his day, but obviously it was for a man of the match, but it wasn't in terms of end product. But that will come and it's going to be exciting to watch. We have already have a player like that, but he's injured, haven't we? And he's a Smith, Matty Smith. You know, you can ping those balls. So no reason to get too depressed there whatsoever. That was Saturday, Christmas Eve today. Moving forward, we're going to be looking at uh, Boxing Day. But before we do, Christmas Day traditions in your households, what are you having? What are you having for Christmas dinner? Charlie, you know, I know there's a bit of an American influence on you. So what have the Keegan household got lined up for Christmas dinner? And are you going to be cooking it? I am going to be cooking it, but I've, we've actually have no idea what it's going to be yet. So it's Christmas Eve and we, we don't know what we're going to have. So I'm going to have to go and brave the shops, I think, at some point today, which I'm not looking forward to. It's half past one, so are they shut at four? <laughs> the next podcast, I'll let you know what it is. Yeah, fish fingers, chips ready, and beans. Ready meal from Spa. <laughs> Charlie, come on, you can do better than this. Partaking in uh, any consumption of alcohol on Christmas Day? I might do. What's your favourite tipple? I usually go for a gin, to be honest. I'm not really a beer drinker. I'm not a beer drinker. I don't really like it that much, but we've got gin downstairs. We've got tequila downstairs. So could be having a Mexican Christmas with my tequila. (laughs) So, oh, Mason, so you'll be having a packet of Doritos and and some tequila. (laughs) That sounds like a cracking Christmas day dinner, that, Charlie. Uh, Paul, what's your plan for the big day? Well, indeed, it'll be the turkey. Yeah, we've been out for breakfast this morning. Nice, full English. Lots of it, no pictures, because I don't need abuse. Turkey and then whatever in the afternoon. We did We did get three desserts from Costco yesterday, which she said we have a boxing day, and apparently we've got a lot of people coming around. I don't know if they're just going to stuff the faces with cake. There's plenty to choose from. You have a lot of people coming around, but myself and Charlie haven't been invited. And I've tried to press this earlier on, but Paul says, absolutely not, because you're going to the football. You're not coming back to our house afterwards to, to eat all my food. So, Charlie, we can't have them three desserts at Paul's. We're, we're going to be suffering here. Well, that's why I've got no food, because I was banking on an invite to the Thorpes, but not come, has it? Um, what drinks have you got lined up, Paul? Uh, um, there's a bit of Bailey's in, and there's a bit of uh, Jim Beam in the uh, back cupboard. They might get an air in. Jim Beam. Do you have that need? Do you mix it? Uh, a bit of the good old-fashioned Coca-Cola. I'll not be ringing you up when the King's speech is on to check how things are oh, going. Yeah. We're having a buffet on Boxing Day, so I'm looking forward to that after the Derby County match. Coming home to a buffet. That'll be the leftovers from tomorrow, which is Christmas Day. So the leftovers are going to be served as a buffet. And I've got loads of alcohol, loads and loads of alcohol, mainly whiskies, different types of whiskies, so... It'll be good fun. And I got a box of Madri as well. I do like a Madri. If anybody out there in podcast land is listening to this and they bump into me anywhere, <laughs> I do like a Madri. <laughs> uh, I want to know what Pete's drinking. I bet Pete's got a nice, a nice selection of European ales and beers. I think that's why he's probably got... That's that's why he's not come on this that's one. That's why he's not he? here. Yeah. yeah. 
I'd, yeah, I'd, do you know, I'd, I'd like a continental Christmas. I mean, you should ask us over one time because the listeners don't realise Pete's in Germany, based in Germany at the moment. And uh, I'd love I'd love to sample a continental Christmas with uh, some stolen and all the uh, different German cakes and things. And uh, it would be very good round, round at the Reese's, wouldn't it? Mm. He lives in a forest. Oh, they'd be magical, wouldn't it? Snow on the ground and different samples of German beers and some... Fine Scotch whiskies that he, he likes a, a little tipple of. Yeah, I'll tell you what, there. Paul, <laughs> cancel what you're doing on Boxing Day. We'll all just jump on a ferry and get over there. Yeah, and these days, if you if you get leathered at Pete's and go wandering and get lost in the forest, there's all these GPS devices so they can find you before you before you die. Oh, that's, a, that's a good thought, isn't it? That's <laughs> we, a good thought. We die of exposure. Well, we've mentioned Boxing Day and we've got Derby County at the DW Stadium, uh, repeat of 2019, in the build-up. To the game, I've spoken with Owen Bradley from Rams TV. So let's have a listen how that went down at the DW on Boxing Day. Derby County in town, and I'm absolutely delighted to be speaking to Owen Bradley from Rams TV. How are you doing, Owen? Very good, thank you, Barry. Very good. It seems an absolute age since uh, we spoke in the build-up to that first game, and I think we caused a bit of a surprise down at your place. Yeah, I think so, a little bit, although maybe not to some Derby supporters who are sort of used to disappointment, especially over recent years. Yeah, it feels like a long time ago. I've got married and been on honeymoon and come back since then. But um, yeah, it wasn't just the start to the season that Derby wanted, obviously, and the first couple of weeks, months maybe were a little bit that way. They picked up enough points to sort of stay in and around it, uh, but it's only maybe the last couple of months that they've really started to hit form and, and they come into boxing they're having won six out of seven in the league which I mean is not bad at all is it? No it's not bad at all and you've brought a few players in since that opening day game and the two I'd like to just ask you about former Wigan Athletic players Martin Wagon, who was with us nine seasons ago and more recently Ryan Niambe how have they both been? Waggy's been frustrated by injury um, I mean he is an absolutely brilliant bloke, as you'll know. Um, it's terrific to have him sort of around the building, first and foremost. And he's featured with us on, on Rams TV on Matchday Live as a studio guest a couple of times, more than he'd like, obviously, because he'd rather be out there playing. Um, injuries have got in the way for him. I mean, he's not scored many goals, but the goals he scored have been important. He got one to beat Fleetwood early part of the season when Derby were really struggling at home. And then he got a hat-trick at, at Peterborough with, with a couple of goals in particular that were really high quality. And I think that's Derby's only victory against another side in the top six, which is another part of the story, I guess, for Derby thus far, is they've sort of taken a lot of points off the sides lower in the table, with the exception of Wigan, obviously, but struggled against the sides sort of around them in the standings. So he's contributed certainly when he's been fit. And Ryan Namby came in after Kane Wilson and Joe Ward, the two sort of first choice or certainly first signed um, right backs got injured. I think Paul Ward wanted Nyambi earlier in the summer and they had a conversation and he thought he was going to get an offer from a championship club and it never came and it meant that he was still available after the window had closed, actually. I mean, Nyambi came into the side playing right back. Paul likes him because he can play in a three as well and he's done that a little bit, but mainly at right back and just solid as a rock. I mean, I don't think I've seen him lose a tackle, like lose a duel one-on-one. So solid, so strong, good in possession as well. So he was fantastic. Only lost his place on the side because he was injured. Back now, he was sort of the extra man, the 19th man in the squad. The other night against Lincoln, I suspect he'll be in the squad on Boxing Day. So you might well see him at the DW. Former players coming back to haunt you. The, the ghost of Christmas past, that's just what we don't want. 
Do you see Derby as challenging this season for the automatics? It depends how far clear Portsmouth can stay, I think. It, it sort of looks a little bit like Portsmouth and then, I don't know, five teams maybe fighting for the second automatic place and the playoffs. You know, Derby went third in the table after beating Lincoln before everybody else played. So they're, they're sort of doing what they can, but we're already at the stage where we're looking at, oh, they dropped two points by Wickham scoring with a 98th minute penalty last kick of the game. They dropped two points when Portsmouth scored a late goal as well. That's four points at Pride Park. And if Derby had those in the bag, they'd be second and, you know, within a couple of points of, of Portsmouth. And the strange thing is that there is still a perception that Derby haven't actually played that well at any point. That's despite the fact they've got the second best defence in the division and the second best attack in the division. Supporters certainly still feel a little underwhelmed. And I think Paul feels that the side's not really clicked and has a lot more to come. So, you know, on the one hand, that's massively positive. You've not played well, yet you've won six out of seven, you're third in the table. But on the other hand, you're thinking, well, is this quite sustainable? Are the performances deserving of what we're getting? So it'll be interesting to see how they do over Christmas when the schedule gets a little bit tougher with yourselves, with Oxford, notably Peterborough as well coming up. That's a really big game for them on New Year's Day. And then January, because in January, we don't know what might happen. There may be departures. I know Paul wants to bring players in, but there'll be challenges with that as there always are. So I think January will be sort of maybe defining for Derby's promotion campaign, but we might not realise quite how until we get to the end of the season. And looking ahead to Boxing Day, can you give us a prediction, please, Owen? I'm hoping you're going to spread some festive cheers to the Lassix fans and not be a Grinch. Look, we I think we had this conversation last time. I don't make predictions. Paul will hate me saying this because he goes out to win every game. But I think I'd be happy with the point. I think for Derby to continue their unbeaten run, to keep ticking over, the, the target is always two points per game, right? They've beaten Lincoln in their home game. You draw up Wigan, that's two points a game. I think they'd be happy. But one little stat to note is that I think if Derby beat Wigan, it will mean that Paul's win percentage goes back up to 50% as Derby manager, which I think is is impressive, even if you consider the level. And I know Derby fans are sort of a little bit dismissive of that because they don't like seeing Derby in the third tier as, as nobody does. But I think that would be an interesting stat. And if, if Derby were to win, they'd be very close to that two points per game mark, which is what the manager looks at. Because I think if you get there, you generally win automatic promotion. So I'll say draw to keep you happy because I like to keep you happy, Barry, as you know. And I think Derby will be reasonably satisfied with that. But but look, there's 4,000 going from Derby, I think. So I'm sure the atmosphere is going to be brilliant. It always is on Boxing Day. As Derby know, they became up 2019, I think it was, the last mm-hmm. time we met at our place. That finished one apiece. So yeah, I'll take that myself. So one apiece would be... Uh, Handshakes all around, wasn't it? And don't forget, Boxing Day and Wigan is fancy dress day. It's been brilliant talking to you. Thank you very much for joining us. Wish you a Merry Christmas and a really good 2024. And if you can stop that lot up the road getting promoted, we'll be more than happy with you. We'll do our best, mate. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Well, first off, obviously, congratulations to Owen on your wedding. It's good to see that you're going away on your honeymoon and come back. You know, where else were were you going to go? (laughs) I'm not saying I was that worried about it, to be honest, but... (laughs) Yeah, no, Derby, very different position than they were in the opening day. Obviously, we we beat them 2-1 back at their place. And the turn in form this season has been really, really strong because I wasn't too convinced that they were going to be a top six side at the start of the season, the, the opening few games. But I think a couple of additions and the way Paul Warren's got them playing, I think that they're not really too much of a worry now for the top six. It's just obviously where they end up playing. But 
They're, they're in fourth right now after 21 games with 12 wins, four draws and five losses, 38 scored and 18 conceded. And that gives them the second best defense in the league just behind Portsmouth, who've only sco- who've scored 17 goals. And in the last five games, they won the last one, 3-1 against Lincoln City. Obviously, we were a stalemate, 0-0 with them. Derby won, Wickham won. We haven't played Wickham yet, so we're, we're not sure how our game's going to go against them. Leighton Orient, nil, Derby 3. That was a 3-0 win away from home. And they also beat Port Vale away from home, 1-0. And then before that, they beat Bristol Rovers at their place, 2-1. But I would say that the top three, I'm going to, I'm going to include four, but the top three attacking players, you've got Nathaniel Mendes-Lang, 21 games, five goals and seven assists. Got an assist last time out against Lincoln. James Collins is a, is a forward player, also 21 games, eight goals, but hasn't got an assist yet, but he scored the last time out. And Connor Horihan, who plays more left-sided centre midfield, 19 games, three goals and four assists. And he got a goal last time out against Lincoln as well. But their goalkeeper, Joe Wildsmith, he got nine clean sheets so far this season. So if Latics are struggling to hit a barn door right now, he's not the keeper that you want <laughs> in there. But yeah, they've been been very good. I think Paul Warren is a, is a good manager and he should be able to take this Derby team pretty far. Yeah, they're away form as well, Charlie. Six wins and a draw from 10. Which is quite impressive. Better than our away form. <laughs> Ours is a it took a bit of a tanking, but yeah, no, their away form's been been very good. They've obviously been a threat home and away and and away from home. They've they've managed to keep up a, a momentum that a lot of teams struggle with home and away, but Derby have got that. So yeah, I think they're gonna be a very challenging team for us to play. And obviously most likely we're gonna see Ryan Niambe start for them. And I'm not sure about Martin Wagon because I know he's been out for a while, but yeah, Ryan Niambe, he's apparently been pretty solid Owen's been saying so he's I wouldn't quite say he was pretty solid for us but obviously different circumstances probably a different player now so you know it's good to see him actually find a home and and do well I think he uh, when he was with us he he was sort of in and out of the team once he's suffering a bit with injuries and it wasn't surprising to hear that he's picked up a couple of injuries you know over the course of the season so far I think that was his biggest letdown for me he never seemed to be able to cement a place in the team due to He'd get in, he'd do his hamstring or whatever it was, they'd be out for a few weeks and then he'd get back and they'd be same again. But I thought he was steady. I know he, he got used to getting a nosebleed once he got to the halfway line, but I know the ex-Latics player in there, Martin Waggon, who you know we know all, all too well. And, and to be honest with you, I'm quite relieved he isn't fit and he, he won't be in the team. You could uh, say the same with Waggon, couldn't you? He had decent spells and then injuries. injuries. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think he had a suffered with his shoulder, if my memory serves me, when he was with us. Yeah, um, right then. Should we have a ref watch? Um, the referee is only traveling from Rochdale and he will be Tom Parsons, who is in his second season as a national list referee. The 31 year old is still finding his feet in the EFL with just eight games in League One and 19 in League Two across the two seasons that he's done. His card watch, Tom Parsons has taken charge of 10 games so far this season. He's issued 46 yellow cards, two reds, and he's awarded one penalty kick. And that's Tom Parsons, who knows he'll be refereeing Latex v Derby on Boxing Day. Ah, you managed to get the Parsons nose in there, Paul. That was very clever. I did. did. A festive one, Parsons nose. (laughs) I bet there's some people listening to this that don't even know what a person's nose is. Oh, I bet there is. You're right there. Mm-hmm. 
Right, previously we played Derby 22 times during the seasons, uh, winning eight, drawing five, and losing nine. So they've slightly got the better of things at the moment. Uh, with a great result down at Pride Park in the opening day, that 2-1 victory got our season up and running straight away and carried us through that early season form and, and got us a minus eight back quicker than a lot of us had envisaged. Uh, but we've lost a bit of form recently, like you mentioned, Charlie, about the... Uh, uh, Derby coming into it in good form at the moment. We seem to have lost a little bit of ours, so it's a, it's a bit of a worry. The last time we met at the DW was actually Boxing Day in 2019, so it's another Boxing Day fixture. And the guy I mentioned there, Martin Wagon, scored a 93rd-minute equaliser. If you remember that game, we we battered him. We were so comfortable in that game and then conceded right at the death. But we'd gone through runs of throwing games away in the last five minutes uh, for a large period of that season. And that's one of them where if we'd have just stuck out another two minutes, we wouldn't have got relegated that season because we'd have picked them two points up. And how many games can we point to in that 2019-20 season, especially at the start, where we could say that that's where the points were dropped that got us relegated? They're all over the place. So what's it going to be on this boxing day? Now, that's the big question, isn't it, as we look at predictions. Bowman said he'd take the draw. I take the draw as well, if I'm being honest. I think it's a very tough game, this. Especially with the form that we're, we're in at the moment and the form they're in. Uh, I, I think Paul Warren would like to get one over on us after what we did at the start of the season. Plus, he's a former player, isn't he, of, of the Latics. I'm going to, but I'm going to go for... I'm hoping I'm hoping that Chelly uses back. I'm hoping against all hope that Marshall Goddard. I'll tell you what, we've not half missed in these last few games. He's that bit of quality in the team, uh, but he makes the front line tick as well. So I hope he's back. I'm going to go for a one-all. I was thinking that along the way, but I'll I'll be different. You're absolutely right. Everything you know, everything you said, everything um, the guest said. Everybody, I think, will take a draw at this point and walk away on us. Even I don't want a one-one draw though, because it's Boxing Day. It's Christmas. Three-three. <laughs> you know, let's have a, a higher scoring draw. So at least there's some entertainment and we get something. That'll do for me on Boxing Day. We're a Christmas cracker, three apiece. Wow, three apiece. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's always difficult to turn around your performance when it's been that bad in a few days, but then you pile on that we've got illnesses potentially about a COVID in the camp and that's just going to make it a hell of a lot harder. And Derby are in good form when not so much, but I'm obviously never going to predict that we're going to lose a game. So I think that... Not so much a Christmas cracker, but still a good game. I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish all our listeners a very Merry Christmas, wherever you are in the world. 86 countries people have downloaded this podcast from this year. Absolutely delighted with that. Thank you for your support. I'm wishing each and every one of you a really happy Christmas. When are we getting our progress with Unity Christmas hampers, Barry? I had a notification saying they've been delivered. Oh. I've got mine. I'll check with the neighbours then. I'll check, yeah, check with the neighbours, yeah. There's a bottle of port in there, some cheese. Um, oh, there's your problem. I live next door to Pete Reese, so that's gone on it. That's been <laughs> <neat>. <laughs> He's, yeah, he'll have all that. So what are you hoping for? A win. That's what I'm Three point, Yeah, a few points. Same here. Anyway, uh, until Wednesday, we'll be back. Merry Christmas and up the ticks. Come on. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. up the ticks.